You made it to beach day. It's a good day. It's a party day. I love today. Um, I have to say again, I gotta stay seated so everyone can see and participate. But you can stomp your feet, wiggle, save it for next Sunday. Make it up with singing. I'm sorry. We're doing echo for turbo speed.
this is a song I sing every morning, and I probably will until I die. <sighs> um, we follow this music group that's uh, working with this fight against uh, human trafficking, and they talk about like all these percentages of people and numbers. Um, but one of the lines in their song says, we're turning numbers into names, and that's super exciting. And uh, they're saying how dangerous some of these missions can be to go rescue these people. But then he was mentioning how uh, the ministry of Jesus was anything but safe. Uh, but he was so desperate to love people and so desperate to go after people. And I think how often in our lives that um, a mild inconvenience will stop us from loving people or sharing Jesus with them. And I, I just find that unacceptable. And I think the only way we can do it is if we see people the way that God sees them, how precious and how valuable and how sweet they are, and that one person is worth crossing any mountain range, crawling through any trench for, and that's how I love people. That's how I want us to love people.
we thank you for your tremendous love for us, that you stopped at nothing to come back for us. And I pray that you would fill us with that strength and that power and that tenacity and that desire to love people and that we would, we would die knowing that we spent every cell and every calorie in our body loving your people. We love you so much and we thank you for everything you're doing here. Amen. Amen. I am so glad that those who showed up, live showed up. There's some from like all over. It's very exciting. Those of you who are watching online, we are going to do our best to keep the live stream going. Um, the last outdoor service, it worked flawlessly until like here, and then it just quit. So if it quits and we can't get it back on, we will put it up later because it is being recorded as well. So praise the Lord for the great weather. This is just amazing, isn't it? We had, um, last week was the infamous Adams family camping trip, and we only had a couple minor breakdowns. It wasn't as big a deal as normal, um, but it's way different. I mean, we've been doing this at the same campground for like 40 years almost, and um, actually before we were married, Julie was going to that campground even as a toddler. Um, and it's like way different now with Julie and I being the grandparents and like six grandkids running around and stuff. It's a hoot. We have a blast. And then we come home and go. Phew. So I am glad that uh, we had Ryan be able to come in last week and speak. Um, uh, thank Ryan for that. Um, we're going to, for just a brief second, we're going to go way back. Um, we're doing a road trip, a summer road trip. And the idea is we're making stops along the way that um, Jesus made. And we started with his introduction to the world. And we're going to end with his, his sacrifice for the world. Um, and we're looking at the very significant things in the meantime that happened. Our first stop, our very first stop at the beginning of the summer on this road trip, back in week one, we looked at John the Baptist, John the Baptizer, saying, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That was our first stop. Now, what happened was he pointed at Jesus. Jesus came and asked to be baptized. Um, we didn't go into any detail in that first stop on the actual baptism of Jesus. We just mentioned it, that it was going to happen. We saved that part for today so that we could talk about that. So we're kind of going backwards a little bit. We're going to take another stop, and we're going to look at that for today. It was very, very clear to um, all the people there, that Jesus had not come to just continue something. He hadn't come to do like Judaism 2.0, you know, or to complete some sort of religious book. That's not why he came. And they got that. They understood that Jesus came to do something. He came to introduce something. He came to offer something, something brand new. And they resisted. And that's like the tension throughout the whole story of the Gospels is them resisting that. Previously, as I said, on a road trip, John the Baptist drew a crowd out in the wilderness, and then he drew the crowd's attention to Jesus. John the Baptist. We call him John the Baptizer because I don't want people to think like he was a Baptist. I mean, he could have been a Lutheran, you know, a Presbyterian. I don't know what he was, but um, then he's called that because he baptized people. He was John the Baptizer, and he said, it's interesting to me that he said, look, he didn't say, now you got to really put your, your believe goggles on and believe this. He pointed at Jesus and said, look. They didn't have to just believe. They didn't have to pretend. He was right there. Look, the Lamb of God who comes to do something for the entire world. And then the crazy thing happened. Jesus insisted that John 
baptize him. From the very beginning, it was apparent that Jesus had come to inaugurate, to launch, to, to introduce something brand new to the world. It was evident, very much so, when Jesus insisted John baptize him. That was uncomfortable. It was even kind of upside down because John had introduced Jesus as someone so great that he, John, wasn't even worthy to carry his shoes or to tie his sandals. Matthew 3.14, it says when Jesus asked John to baptize him, it says, but John tried to deter him in verse 14 saying, I need to be baptized by you, but you come to me? See, it was very evident that this was not a continuation of old ways. It was not a continuation of the way we always did it. Something new was coming. Something new was happening. So, in order for us to all be on the same page, because, you know, we come from all different backgrounds, because in the last few weeks we keep hearing about this baptism thing, I want to briefly explain the three water baptisms that we've talked about, just so that you don't get them confused and that we have a good picture of what we're moving into in a few moments. We're going to talk about John's baptism, about Jesus' baptism, and about our baptism. Just real quick, John's baptism. First of all, John's baptism was not about him getting baptized. It was about him baptizing others. That in itself was brand new because um, people who were not Jews who were going to espouse the Jewish religion would be baptized into that. And the way they did that is they went down into the water. With People might have been watching, but they dipped themselves down in the water and came back up. That's what they always did. John was the first guy to come along, and he's like, I want to say he's like manhandling people. You want to get baptized? Let's go for it. And he dunks them down in and brings them back up. He's the first one who really did that. He's the first dipper, John was. People coming out of the Jordan, out into the Jordan wilderness from all over to hear his message. It is an amazing, it's amazing to me that all these people would come out to the desert. I mean, an entire day's trip. And then they would camp overnight and hope to be able to hear him the next morning. They would come out into this wilderness, out to the desert, to be dipped in a dirty river by a man dressed in camel hair. It was kind of crazy. John's baptism, they call it a baptism of repentance. And repentance, it's a, it's, you hear the word sometimes in a good context, sometimes in a bad context. But here's what repent means. I'm going this direction, and I'm going to stop going this direction, and I'm going to turn, and I'm going to go this direction. That's repentance. I'm turning from something to something. And John's baptism as a baptism of repentance, they were repenting of, they were turning from their old ways, from their old thought process of salvation. They were turning from their sin and they were turning to something else. They were repenting and when they repented, they were baptized. And the reason was because it was a demonstration outwardly of something that had happened inwardly. So for all those people who were watching them, they could see that it's not the baptism that changed this person. That person repented, and they're getting baptized coming up out of the water to demonstrate that, what had happened already inside. Here's what's going on. They were identifying with those who had already repented. They were demonstrating that they were part of that group. 
when they got baptized because all these people who had already done it, they come in and do it now and it's like, I'm one of you. We're doing this. I'm part of this group. And they were following John, John the Baptist. It was John's baptism and that was a part of that. But John did not come to gain followers. John ultimately came to point them to Jesus. And the people that he gathered, he ended up saying, here's who I come to point to. Here's what all of this is about. The baptism piece was an identification thing. It was showing they were numbered with, they were part of the group of John's disciples who were looking forward to the Messiah coming, to the one who would come to save them. Okay, does that make sense? That's John's baptism in a nutshell. Next is Jesus' baptism. This is an incredibly important event. It's one of the events that actually all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of them mention this baptism, and they record Jesus' baptism. Um, this was the beginning of everything for him in terms of ministry. This is when it all started. It was not a baptism of repentance like John had been doing. It was not a baptism of repentance for any sin on Jesus' part. It was not for his sin. He never sinned. He didn't need to repent. So why did Jesus want to get baptized? Why did he ask John the baptizer to baptize him? After years of silence in Nazareth. So Jesus is living in Nazareth for 30 years. The only thing we know about that is when he was 12, his trip to the temple where his parents went off and left him behind in the temple for a little bit. There's a story about that. Other than that, all we know is he's growing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. That's what the Bible says. So after all of these years of silence in Nazareth, Jesus shows up. And he shows up out in the Jordan wilderness with those who have come to hear John's preaching. And there he presents himself as a candidate for baptism. Matthew recorded, as we read, John's opposition to that. You know, I need to be baptized by you and you come to me. John recognized Jesus didn't fit the requirements for his baptism. Because his baptism was a baptism for repentance from sin. And it demonstrated that they had repented. What did Jesus have to repent of? He never sinned. It tells us throughout, all throughout the New Testament. It even talks about that in the prophecies in the Old Testament. In, in 2 Corinthians 5, in Hebrews 4, in Hebrews 7, in 1 John 3. It talks about how Jesus never sinned. So he couldn't be like officially participating in John's baptism. Which is a baptism of repentance. So what's up with that? What does that mean? One possibility, the one I think is, is the most accurate, is suggested for us just a, a few verses later in Matthew chapter 3. In Matthew's account of this, it starts in verse 15. It says, Jesus replied after John said, oh, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. Jesus replied, no, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. And we'll jump into that in just a second. Verse 16 says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And he did that because he had gone down into the water. Because baptize means to dip or immerse. And that's how Jesus was baptized. And it's interesting because as soon as he was baptized, he came up out of the water. And at that moment, it says in verse 16, heaven was opened. And it's just like he comes up out of the water and you see the skies opened up. Jesus came up and the Spirit of God, it says, was descending like a dove and alighting on him. Saying, this is the beginning of something brand new, 
of something big. And just to, to authenticate all of it, as he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove on him. And verse 17, And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And we kind of need to understand, he was pleased with Jesus not because of what he did. He hadn't done it yet. It was because of who he was. And God authenticated. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit right there at the baptism. Jesus' response to John was that it was fitting for him to take part in his baptism, in John's baptism. And Jesus said, in order to fulfill all righteousness. What did Jesus mean? Because the law, the Old Testament law, didn't have any requirements about baptism. So Jesus could not have had in mind anything pertaining to like Old Testament, you know, ordinances or rules or laws or, or righteousness. But John's message was a message of repentance. And the people who were experiencing that were looking forward, a big piece of this, they were looking forward to the coming Messiah, the one who had been prophesied for, for generations, who would be righteous and who would bring in righteousness. They had tried by the law, and the, it didn't work. You could never do it that way. And the Messiah would come as one who was righteous and bring in righteousness. If a coming Messiah, if this Messiah who was coming was going to provide righteousness for sinners, he had to be identified with sinners. That means that it was in the will of God for Jesus to be baptized by John, in order to be identified, because that's really the real meaning of baptize. It's identification. He, he needed to be identified with sinners. And what happens is, instead of going to Jerusalem and identifying with all the established religious leaders, you know, the who's who of the religious crowd, Jesus goes to the desert, to a dirty river, and identifies himself with those who were repenting of sin. Because that's who he came for. Here's the thing. Here's what that means. When Jesus Christ was baptized, he was identifying with us. So John's baptism and Jesus' baptism were both about identifying with people. People who were all screwed up, but getting better. So, that's John's baptism and Jesus' baptism. What about our baptism? The baptism thing we're doing here today in a few moments down at the lake. What's, what's that all about? Now, we could go into way more depth and spend a whole bunch of time on this, but I don't want to make it seem more complicated than it is. It's not complicated. Here's what believer's baptism is. We call it that because, first of all, you need to be a believer. That's the first requirement. Here's what it is. It's demonstrating outwardly what has already happened inwardly it's a death it's a burial it's a resurrection that's why they immersed people it demonstrated the death the burial and the resurrection and as followers of jesus as a follower of jesus i have died to sin i have died to my old self i was buried with christ in baptism but i've been raised again to a new life I don't have to have that old anymore. 
And it pictures that, and it pictures identification with Jesus, but it also pictures identification with his bride, the church. Because when we get baptized, we get baptized in front of other believers, and what we're saying is, I'm one of you. I trust in Jesus for my salvation. I have turned my life over to Jesus. You see, when we do that, it's a big deal. When they did that, it could have meant death in many countries today. It means death again. That people who get baptized today realize they are being marked and they are doing it on purpose. I am being marked as one who follows Jesus. That's what it's about. It's identifying with Jesus and with his church and saying, I've I've asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I'm, I'm one of His. I'm part of the church. Baptism does not save you. Everybody, look up here. Baptism does not save you. If you're not saved and you go out and get baptized, you'll come out of the water not, not saved but wet. That's the difference. It does not save you. It doesn't wash you of your sins. Jesus did that on the cross, and when you trust in him, he does that for you. It doesn't cleanse you of your sins. It just demonstrates to everybody else that you believe that Jesus did that. It shows everyone that you are saved by Jesus. It's, it's, it's an association with him. It's also obedience. One of the last things Jesus said before he ascended to heaven, you know, before I'll be back, is in Matthew 28, he gives us... Um, a very important commission to do. And in verse 16 of Matthew 28, it says, the 11 disciples, there are only 11 because Judas was dead and they hadn't voted to replace him yet and go to 12 again. The 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. What mountain is that? I'm asking, I have no idea. Jesus told them, he didn't tell me. They just went to some mountain. But he said, I'm going to meet you on this mountain after the resurrection. And so they went there, and they met him there. It says, just where he had told them to go. And here's what's interesting. The next verse, verse 17. When they saw him, it wasn't the first time they'd seen him since the resurrection, but when they saw him, they worshipped him. They worshipped Jesus because he was God the Son. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. It says they worshipped him, and I love this next part. These are three of my favorite words. But some doubted. I love that. Because it's okay to doubt. These are people, the other times they had seen Jesus were kind of in miraculous circumstances. They're, they're in a room kind of all huddled up trying not to, to, to have the authorities find out about them and come in and, and do the same thing to them as they did to Jesus. And they're in the room and the door's locked and Jesus appears in the middle of them. That would have been so cool. It's like, whoa, there he is, you know. And miraculous things that happened. But now they just go up and meet him on the mountain. And, and I think that's why some doubt is like, is that really Jesus, you know? But they recognized him. They worshiped him. And I believe when it says some doubted, that means it's okay to doubt. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to believe every single detail yet. You just have to have enough faith to come to Jesus. Verse 18 said, Then Jesus came to them and said this, All authority. And in the original, that's, that's, that's emphasized. It's, it's kind of like the emphasis that means all, not just some. Not just a little bit, 
all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's all authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus said. On the basis of that, on the basis of the fact that he has been given all authority, verse 19 says, therefore, that's what that means, on the basis of that authority, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a command. The command in this verse, the main one is actually make disciples. And how do you do that? You go and you baptize. And what we'll look at in a second is teach. Go baptize and teach. Just all go back to make disciples. What is a disciple? It's somebody who follows somebody. A disciple of Jesus is somebody who follows Jesus. He said, go and find people who aren't following Jesus yet. They don't have that hope. They're still struggling with their past. They're still struggling with their sin. They're still struggling with all of those fears and show them what it is to follow Jesus and how there can be hope there and make disciples. And this is interesting to me. It doesn't say make disciples of people because the thing that we would naturally do is make disciples of people who look like us, who are of the same station as us, who are, they dress similar to us. He said, make disciples of all nations, everybody. And then it's a command baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And by the way, name in that passage is singular. It's not in the names of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he's telling us, just like at the baptism at the beginning, the, the Trinity is involved in this. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And verse 20, the third thing we do, we go, we baptize. The third thing is teach them. Too many, too many churches stop right there. Teach them everything. Now, do you need to know everything? Yeah, it would be nice. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, in order to obey it, you need to know it. But too many people just know it. And they don't obey it. He said, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm looking for a pocket because I'm so used to putting my hand in my pocket in this swimsuit. So never mind. <laughs> never mind. <clears throat> so <laughs> I got to do something. Here's the thing. We all stand before God, everybody. Did you know that there is not going to be a test on how much you know? But there will be a test on what you've done. So you have to know it in order to do it. But the big picture is not just knowing it. Jesus said, teach them to obey. And then he ends the whole thing by saying, and surely... I am with you always. When I read this as a little kid, it bothered me a little bit. Surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And it's like, what about me? It's just surely? Shirley's the only one that he never leaves? I don't even know a Shirley. So somebody does back there. So anyhow, um, he's saying, he's emphasizing it, but when I read this verse... When I'm alone, I read this verse, and Tim, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
as I'm going through everything I'm going through, as I'm trying to follow him, as I'm leaning on his spirit to move me in the direction he wants me to go in spite of all the things that I see as bad, in spite of everything else, he will be with me always. And if you turn your life over to Jesus and trust Jesus and what he did on the cross to pay for your sin, he will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And if you feel like he's not there and he's really far away, guess who moved? Wasn't him. But the cool thing is, no matter how far we've moved from him, when we turn around, he's right there with open arms, ready. I don't know where you're at today. Someone asked me how many people are getting baptized today. I have no idea. Somewhere between 2 and like 10 or 15. I have no idea. Here's what I know. If you're a believer and you've not been baptized, Jesus said you need to identify with him and with the church. So at some point, you should do that in order to be in obedience to what God is saying. And um, I know that there are people here and there are people watching and participating online that they don't know Jesus. They know church. They know religion. But they don't know Jesus. They don't know that Jesus that came into the wilderness to be baptized by John to be identified with a sinner like me. Or the one who eventually went to the cross to pay for my sins so that by trusting in him, I could have a relationship with him. They know facts. They know the information, but they haven't obeyed yet. I've told you this many times. Many people miss heaven by 18 inches. The, the distance from your heart to your head. They have the head knowledge. They know the facts, but it's not here. They haven't said, Jesus, I want to believe, but I have all these doubts. You know what he says? That's okay. Trust me. You don't have to know all the answers now. You have to just say yes to Jesus. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to give you some instructions when I'm done praying. But the, the invitation at our church is always open. If you've never met Jesus, if it's always just been about church or rules or regulations or religion to you, it can be about a relationship today with a God who loves you more than you could ever imagine just by saying yes to him. We've had people at baptism service come to know Jesus at the baptism service and say, can I get baptized now? It's like, are you saved? Yeah, I just asked Jesus. Then yes, let's go for it. That's what happened in the New Testament, actually. They believed and were baptized right then. So I'm going to pray, and I want you listening, not to me, but to God. Because whatever he asks of you, I want your answer to him to be yes. So let me pray. Father, we just thank you for the beautiful day. We thank you for the amazing weather. We thank you that, um, uh, that the technology we have to be able to do this even online sometimes when it works. We just thank you even for that. We know that that's affected so many people. We ask, Father, that um, anyone who is participating, whether they're in person here, whether they're online, they've never come into that relationship with you, that today they would make it personal. Today they would say yes to you, that I don't know everything about this, Jesus. I don't have all the details. I have all these doubts, but I trust you, and I'm going to ask you into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I'm going to turn and repent from my way and turn to your way. And Father, for those who have already done that, I pray that we would continue to fulfill that great commission, that we would continue to obey everything that you've commanded. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now here's the instructions. Those 
who have already said yes to Jesus, turned your life over to him, and you want to be obedient and show outwardly what's happened inwardly, who want to be identified with Jesus and his church during this closing song. If you haven't changed already, you made to make a beeline to the changing place and change quick. And all of the people who want to be baptized, who have trusted Jesus for their salvation, just so you know, when we're out in the water, you may or may not hear this. I ask them all question. Everybody before I baptize them, I ask them a question. Have you trusted in Jesus and Jesus only for your salvation? And if the answer is yes, then we baptize them. If the answer is no, then it's awkward. <laughs> but it's like... I can't baptize you, right? It wouldn't do any good, but I ask everybody that's going to be baptized that question. So if you have made the choice, whether it was weeks ago or moments ago, to be baptized, you're a candidate for baptism, when we start singing this song, make your way down to the water. Um, don't go on the dock. It's a floating dock. And when we get too many people, it, wouldn't, it would be fun to watch on YouTube later, but it would not end well. Okay, so they're going to be taking pictures, so you can take pictures from the beach if you want, but they'll be taking some pictures in a couple of different ways. So um, you're going to, if you're going to be baptized during this song, you're going to go out down into the water with me and join me down in the water. If the live stream is still, is the live stream still going? Oh, praise the Lord. Um, hang with us, live stream people, because there may be a short delay. Um, it may stop for a few minutes or something may happen when we're switching to the beat shots. We're going to try to make it possible for the, those online to be able to watch and see and participate that way in the baptisms as well. When we finish the closing song, Josh is going to give you instructions, those who are still seated and singing because you're not being baptized, um, to give you instructions to go head on down to the beach. So those of us um, who are going down into the water, you who are going to be baptized, you can either get changed or just meet me down in the water as we sing this closing song. Let's do it.
How exciting. I'm super excited. So if you haven't already and you're being baptized, uh, head to the water. Um, I'm assuming it feels pretty good. And then everyone else can head down. Uh, if you need a chair, you can bring a chair. There is sand. Um, pros and cons. Um, we'll figure that out. And then when we're all done, we're all going to celebrate by having some really, really good food. So let's do it.
Yeah, yeah. You like cheese curds? Yeah, I love it. 